We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show, the best kept secret in NBA media. We're trying to lose that title. So if you wouldn't mind, make sure you subscribe to the NBA front office show here on YouTube or on the podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Uh, Keith, it is, I I mean, I know technically we've got, you know, the Summer League Championship and stuff. It's starting to feel more like summer, though, than, than I think ever before. I watched uh, Summer League games yesterday, and boy, that uh, that arena looked empty, and I was I was fairly thankful that we did not choose to stay the entire length of Summer League. Yeah, I was talking to a couple people who are still out there, and I was like, oh, God bless you. Like, this is – it's just too much. But, you know, I mean, I guess if that's the worst thing that's going on in your life, you know, so be it. I probably will watch a little bit tonight just because it's our last semi-meaningful NBA uh, mm-hmm. thing for you know uh, several months here but i'm uh yeah i'm i'm ready man i'm 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 on countdown to vacation so i've got less than a week and this right. time a week from now i will be uh uh probably getting ready to go to the muster drill on the cruise ship so it'll be a uh, good good times as we get ready to pull out of port for a week so i'm psyched I may throw a few things up here on the channel. Maybe I'll talk Ron Gutterman into coming on with me or something. We'll do a few things here and there just to kind of keep things afloat while while you're out. We'll keep things afloat while you are afloat on, on your cruise ship. Um, but, uh, Somebody but, asked me if we would do the show. Like, they're like, you should do a show from, like, the balcony or the deck of the ship. And I was like, if you think hotel Wi-Fi is rough oh, to do yeah. shows from, yeah, cruise ship Wi-Fi not happening. Not no. only that, it would use my entire data package to be like, hi, everybody, I'm here. And that'd be the end of the, the show from, it would cut from out. me. So, yeah. And I'm uh, I'm planning on, no, no, um, I'm going to do it old school. I'm going to watch Sports Center at night. And watch the bottom line. And that's how I'm going to get my sports news. Just like mm-hmm. when I was like you know, 14 years old back in the day. See, I am going to, we're going on a cruise as well in, in September. And I am, uh, I will be buying the internet package and, <laughs> and doing all of those things. My wife already knows. I told her ahead of time, look, this is, it's too close to training camp when we're going. Yeah. yeah I, I will be staying connected one way or another. I, I will not be breaking a bunch of news from the ship, <laughs> but I will stay on top of things and see what's going on. I but, fully but, expect the minute we pull out of port that David Willard's Willard gonna get traded. James Harden or Pascal yeah. Siakam or someone will get traded. But, you know, hey, you'll get other people's uh, intel and then I'll come back and share my thoughts in a, you know, a week later, something like that. We're going to get the tweet from you. This is what's going to happen. We're going to get a tweet from you off the top of my head. 
this is now the cap situation after this complicated <laughs> seven team Damian Lillard trade, and you're going to nail it. it without even looking up any information. That's what we're going to get from Keith. He's going to be in the middle of the ocean, and he's going to know the cap breakdown for every team now that the Lillard trade is, is going through. That's what's going to happen. Boy, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, speak of the Lillard thing. Do you see some of the stuff going around today? Um, it's the, bit, the, Dan, yeah. the, the Dan Lebetard show. They were talking about, you know, the, the Heat's offer is what it is, and they're not returning calls back and forth. And, you know, Portland needs to just needs to just accept Tyler Hero and, and be thankful that they're getting him and all this kind of stuff. I get it. They're a Miami show and sure. all that. But there's a lot of just kind of negotiating through the media going on. Yeah. And... It makes me what like how dug in are these two sides really? These reports that it may take a while, I'm starting to buy into them more and more the more I hear like this kind of rhetoric coming from both sides. Yeah, I think it's either gonna take a while or someone's gonna step up and snag him yeah. themselves, right? And they'll deal with mm -hmm. the whole, hey, we'll bet, you know, by the time training camp rolls around, you'll report because you still got four years and a whole bunch of money owed to you uh coming your way. We 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 have a feeling, you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars you have coming to you will be enough for you to report. So yeah, I I I don't know. I I guess I, I still believe Miami will figure it out yeah. and Portland will come down a little and that'll probably be most likely because it's generally what happens in these cases. But yeah, the longer this drags out, the more likely it is someone else steps in and, and snags a load for themselves. Do we do we know what Miami's offer is right now? Because that, the, so. the yeah. show made it, look, made it sound like it's Tyler Hero, take it or leave it. I'm sure that obviously there has to be other stuff yes. in there. But my guess is it's everything sounds like it's some combination of Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and some draft picks for uh, Damian Lillard. Maybe mm -hmm. it sounds like they, at one point there were reports saying Cody Martin was like a sticking point in the deal, which I, Cody Martin's a very nice player and had a really good playoff run. Find it hard to believe that's the sticking point in a deal. It's the other option is Tyler Hero goes somewhere else. Uh, maybe Kyle Lowry could be involved in a trade like this. So there's always the potential this turns into a three or more team trade uh, just with the, the complexities of Portland not really wanting to take back uh, some of the salary that mm -hmm. Miami could be sending them. So that could be the way this goes. The challenge with that is there's really nobody left to just kind of dump salary on all of the teams have used up basically all their cap space. I think Utah is the leader in available cap space right now. And it's like 2.8 million. So that's not even enough to really do much of anything. Now we have heard, and I can, I do know Danny Ainge was a big fan, fan of Tyler hero. Uh, there were very credible reports. He wanted to draft him. Uh, Miami got him the pick before and the Celtics ended up with Romeo Langford. So maybe, you know, that could be a thing, you know, where, hey, we can send out a little bit here and, you know, do something and move move a player and we, we get Tyler Hero. Maybe they get involved, but it's not going to be a deal where it's just, hey, we can eat the entire contract. There's not a landing spot like yeah. that left, which is a sign in the new CBA. Got to spend to the floor was a thing and everybody's already done that. Right, right. So a complication of the new CBA, maybe throwing a wrench in this whole kind of Lillard trade okay. front. You know, I, I think it was just... The, the Levitard thing making it sound like, hey, we know Dame only wants to be here and we're going to take advantage of that, right? Portland, you have, you have to take whatever it is we're offering because Dame only wants to be. It's got me thinking, Keith, you know, 
I see what happened with Washington and Bradley Beal. And, and look, that's their own fault. They gave him a no. They're feeding the, doing their heels in here. And we're in an NBA world right now where so many players are of the mindset, and I think correctly are of the mindset of get the money and figure out your destination later. Mm-hmm. At some point, it may not be now, but at some point, right, something's going to break. We're at it. We've seen like the Gobert returns. Those aren't there anymore. Those aren't aren't happening because teams at some point said, "Uh, uh-uh, we're we're not doing that." And every situation mm-hmm. is different. But teams went, "Nope, we're not giving up that kind of return." At some point, it's going to break the other way too, where some team with a star is just going to say no. And I know the Nets kind of did it with with Kevin Durant. Maybe it happens here with Lillard. But at some point, a team's going to go, "No, I know he only wants to go to your team, and you're trying to fleece us." with that information, but fine. Then he's got four years under contract, spend the next four years sitting at home. We're, we're pushing back. We're not going to do this may not be now, but at some point that's coming. Yeah, it, absolutely. And you know, I don't know if you want to move into the, to the Jalen Brown topic. Yeah, let's do that. I think there's some of that going on in that extension right now. Mm. I think teams are starting to step back from the, Oh, you're super max eligible. Here's everything, including a player option and a trade bonus. And now you can't in an extension get a no trade clause unless you already had one. And that's part of the whole thing with Beal. Beal got one because that was a whole new contract that he signed, non-extended deal, and all these other things. But I I have to wonder, right? There's all this stuff out there, and it's now coming in from all sides where there are some who are saying. There's something going on here. There are some who are uh, very clearly you know, getting intel from one side or the other that are, now everything's fine, You know, we're going. And the latest report was Jalen Brown's going on vacation and they're going to put everything on hold and they'll start talking when he gets back again. Now, I mean, all this stuff gets can, can get signed virtually, right? E-Docs sure. is a thing. Yeah. You know, people sign multi-billion dollar contracts through E-Docs now. So that could could be, you know, a whole other part of this. But I wanted to address, because this keeps coming around, you know, and it's it's one of those things where I've seen multiple people, I've had this sent to me. I don't know who, who originated this. It seems like it came off of NBA Reddit, but it was, you know, here's the list of players that have signed the Supermax contracts and then it's got a bunch of the year and the month that they actually signed and they're trying to use it in a sense of it's not uncommon for these things to take a while they they don't have to necessarily be signed in july it's completely lacking context so i'm gonna i'm gonna run through them real quick it's curry harden wall and westbrook that was our kind of initial supermax Mm -hmm. um, class of players that signed these Curry, uh, Harden signed in July. Curry signed in August. Wall and Westbrook signed in September. Now, what happened there was that was a brand new CBA and the Supermax was a brand new thing at in that CBA. So what's happened in this case is Harden signed right away and his camp bet that by the time everything was finalized, they would get, get their deal uh, grandfathered in down the line. Curry waited a little bit while Westbrook signed when it came. They all end up getting, you know, what they would have got anyway and in there. So that was a little bit of a unique thing. Damian Lillard, 2019, signed his Supermax in July as soon as it could be offered. Now, these are the two that people keep pointing to and saying, see, these ones took a long time. Mm-hmm. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo and Rudy Gobert in December of 2020. 
Well, the context there is we were off, right? That was the start right. of the off season that year because the bubble season didn't wrap up until, uh, you know, the, what was it? The end of October uh, that year or whatever it was. So free agency was all, you know, out of whack that year. The next year was Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid signed their super maxes in August of 2021. Again, we're off. We were off a whole month in that year because the season started later, went a little bit longer and everything got pushed back a little bit. Then last summer, Bradley Beal, which Beal didn't, I mean, I guess he signed a super max contract, didn't sign the extension, but Beal and Jokic in July. So that's a very long way for me to say everybody outside of that first group, when everybody was figuring out what these are, everyone who's been able to sign one of these and has signed one has done it as soon as they were able to basically in July, did the couple in December and the couple in August, because that's when they were first able to do it. So I don't buy that there's nothing going on here. And I think what we're seeing with Jalen Brown in this situation is they're negotiating something, right? Whether it's a player option, whether it is a no trade or not a no trade, but a trade bonus, whether it is, Mm -hmm. Hey, we don't want to give you 35%. Can you take 32% with some incentives to get you to, to the max? We just saw that with, uh, uh, Desmond Bain did that in his rookie scale extension. He did not get the max like Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, and Tyrese Halliburton. He actually got slightly less, and he's got incentives that can bring him up to the max. So I I, I just wanted to clarify this because this is not usual. This is very abnormal. But I'm starting to wonder, is this a new normal of teams basically saying, hey, we're not just giving everything under the sun because we know how this works. Two mm. years in, you're unhappy. You're just going to ask for a trade anyway. So we're trying to take a little bit of the power back up front. So what you're saying is what appears to be abnormal compared to what we've seen prior to this could become the new norm in, in the NBA as teams, rather than just uh, rather than just say, hey, here's everything we can potentially give you. Teams are going to push back a little bit and part because we've seen some teams get burned when they mm-hmm. do just give up everything. I mean, again, we just talked about it, and most teams aren't in a position to offer this, but the Wizards just got destroyed by having Bradley Beal with a, with a no-trade clause. If you just say, hey, you're great at basketball, tell us what you want, we'll give you everything, it can really come back to haunt you down the line. Yeah, I, I and, and I don't know any of this, right? And I'm not, I'm not reporting any kind of inside details because I don't know any of them. Uh, in this specific situation, other than what's already been out there is they haven't reached a deal yet and they're still working on it, but we'll, we'll see. My guess is this probably still ends up a five-year deal and a max deal. Maybe mm-hmm. there's not an option on the end or something like that. Well, we'll see how that all comes, comes together. Honestly, when you get up to those numbers, the trade bonus is kind of a little silly anyway, because yeah. more often than not, it's going to get waived because the guy's probably going to be over max. But if the cap does grow at 10% rate, in raises can only be 8%. Yeah, you might have a little wiggle room in there to get the trade bonus in. But for the most part, it's, you know, th- those are fairly minor things. So something a little odd is going on here, and I don't know what's driving it. So I wonder how much of this, too, when we're looking at players who are who are asking out, um, if that's part of this, too, saying, hey, you know what? Like, we're not going to give up everything because there's a lot of players right now that are just getting the most money possible and then they're picking their destination later. We don't, you know, if that's going to be the the kind of world that we're that we're living in, we don't want to give up 
everything, knowing that there's a decent chance that some, you know, maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe he goes five years and he stays with the Celtics forever or, or, or whatever team these guys mm-hmm. are with. But I do wonder if teams are saying, you know what, this is happening a lot. And so we know that there's a chance that we have to move you at some point. And so the more we add into this contract, the more difficult it might be to do that if and when that, that time comes. So I think that's got to be a factor in the in team's decision-making as well, even as, of course, the players will say right now, no, 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 no. We want to stay and we love it here and all that. Give sure. me all the money. We've seen it happen so many times where a guy signs a deal and then a year later he's like, ah, I want, I want to go somewhere else. Maybe teams are factoring that into their uh, their process. Yeah, I think they may be. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for me, I have no problem with the player asking for every single thing they can get. Oh, it's yes. the same as if you know I walk into my boss and say, hey, I'd like a million dollars per article. And if they say yes, well, that's on them. All right, great. See you later. You know, off I go to cash my million dollars per article. And you better believe I'd crank out articles daily at that pace. Um, but in that rate, but it really does feel like we're in a spot where, you know, let's let's see where all this comes together, right? With, with all this. And and I do think we're starting to see some teams, if especially to look at the free agent contracts that were signed this summer. A lot of team options, a lot of non-guaranteed mm-hmm. years in there, a lot yep. of incentives on some of the bigger deals, not as many player options thrown into deals, even the max uh, rookie scale deals. Uh, it's you know Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell both got them with a player option on the end. No one has since them. I think we're starting to see teams just little bit by bit. We're clawing back some of that you know ability to control things a little bit more, knowing you may turn around and ask for a trade anyway. We may go mm-hmm. this direction down the line, but for the most part, I, th- I think we're starting to see you know some of the stuff. Older players, a lot of older players got shorter deals uh, than than they might have you know, thought they might have got otherwise um, in this situation. So, though, those are some of the things that I you know been watching here. Is I've really been, I, I've turned the page now. Free agency is essentially over so i've kind of turned the page to reacting and recapping what happened and those are some of the bigger takeaways that i've come away with and i think that could be a play here in this extension negotiation and you know just to to move on to our next topic here maybe something worth keeping on you know look i always say it's nothing until it's something but joel Embiid said he wants (laughs) to win a title with philly or wherever else right i mean he's it, it just kind of raises some eyebrows perks some ears up around the nba like huh might this be the next player to potentially ask out doesn't we're nowhere close to that at this point so i'm not trying to sound the alarm i don't even know (laughs) what we would come up with for Embiid yet we would have to come up with some type of thing um but uh alliteration would be tough with that one too yeah we'll we'll have to we'll have to ponder it hopefully it doesn't get there Yes, hopefully we don't wind up there. But but nonetheless, you know, regardless of location, Joel Embiid's focused on winning a, a title. And just given the current climate in the NBA, when you have a star level player saying something like this, the reigning MVP mentioning, you know, winning a title with Philly or somewhere else, it, it's going to get attention. Yeah, absolutely. Now he a couple people called him out on social media, and because he's Joel Embiid, he came back and said, you know, uh, I think his social media handle currently because he changes it some is is back to being Joel Troel uh, Embiid, mm-hmm. and I think he uh, said, you know, read the middle name, read my middle name or something. Right. So you know, my guess is though the reality is Joel Embiid's not dumb, right? He knows how this goes, right? It's Hey, I want to win one. Like I would like to win it here, but if we're not going to win it here, then 
if I get to go somewhere else to do it, then I so be it, right? That's what it needs to happen. So I think that's kind of what he's saying. I think he also probably sees James Harden might not be long for this team. Tobias Harris's contract is coming up. We're obviously in a period of transition. What is it going to look like? And I think these guys are all sensitive enough to understand and know. It's not great when you say, I never want to play anywhere else. I only ever want to be here. And then something, everything changes. The team mm-hmm. is not good. And then you're like, well, I'd be content to go somewhere else. I mean, look at what's happened with Damian Lillard right now, right? A lot of people, oh, running from the grind, huh? And all the, you know, throwing yeah. all the things he said in the past. I think Embiid's one of those guys. He's pretty social media savvy. So I think he's like, I'm not going to say I'm a sixer for life and only ever will play here because then if anything ever changes, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the team and players are becoming more aware of that they just don't want to put themselves in a position where they have to look like the bad guy. When it, it maybe it shouldn't even be that case, right? But if they've said in the past, like you like you said, if they've said in the past, hey, I only want to be here, and then the entire situation with the team changes and they say, Hey, I want to be somewhere else, team will players sorry, fans will throw that back in their face. What do you mean? You said you only want to be here, and now you're saying you want to go somewhere else. Um so that's the situation they don't want to be in. But, you know, the other thing that, that we need to look at, you mentioned James Harden. A lot of people don't, like, it doesn't feel like Joel Embiid has been in the NBA that long. And that's, you know, injury stuff kind of robbed him of mm-hmm. some early seasons and all of that. But he's 30 this next season. He'll be 30 during the season in March. Like, he's also got to recognize, hey, I've got I've had my share of injuries. I don't have time. You know, if, if they lose James Harden, and they don't get a good return for him, and we drop out of this kind of contending window in, in Philly, there's no guarantee that they're going to. I think they still can contend. I like Tyrese Maxey a lot. We'll talk about him in a minute. But uh, but the clock is ticking for him. Again, he turns 30 this season. He's got to realize, I don't know how many more MVP caliber seasons I've got, and I need to try to maximize them right now, and I didn't make sure that Philly is on board with that. Yeah, and related to that, this is year 10. For Joel Embiid in the NBA, uh, the, this coming season, that's which is crazy. And to your point, yeah, yeah. he lost early years of his career, so he, he, you know, it's really like year seven and a half or something like that. But conversely, it, Andre Drummond is not thirty yet, and, and some and it feels like he's been around for. I don't know why that's so. That's so bizarre, but yeah, it's it just, just funny. You look at, I mean, I was looking at this going through some of the draft stuff as I was coming out of summer league and I was putting together all my notes and notes from all the conversations with people, just how incredibly young some of these guys are, you know, there's, there's a couple different players who are 18 and won't turn 19 until right before the start of the season. And that's you. They're in the same draft class with a couple guys who are coming in as rookies that are like 23 and 24 years old. So mm-hmm. it, it really is, you know, you, that that's like a career's worth of years in between, you know, two age ages that are starting their career at the same time. But yeah, it is remarkable when you go back and you're like, Whoa, wait a minute. Cause yeah, some of these guys, it catches me every once in a while. I'm like, all right, they're going into year you know, seven. They must be at least, you know, 28, 29 years old. And then you look and it's like, wait, they're 25. Like, how is that right. a thing? So it, it does catch you. But yeah, I mean, Joel Embiid, they, he, you know, they, I have no problem with what he said. You know, he started out with, I want to win in Philly. 
you know, that's that's what matters for now. And then we'll kind of see where this goes is that the uh, Harden trade, another one that kind of hangs over everything. And you know, very much, I just wrote this today. The piece just posted on Track uh, this afternoon. I'm kind of doing the division by division, like offseason recap. Mm-hmm. And Philly's roster just feels unfinished. Like it, it doesn't does. feel like they're done. Like for each team, I, I wrote a little bit. What was the biggest move of the summer? Uh, dra- it hasn't come yet. Yeah, re-signing Patrick Beverly so or signing Patrick Beverly so far, like that's kind of their biggest move because that whole roster just feels very unfinished. Now I heard this is a very unconfirmed rumor, but that that Harden may wind up just staying in Philly. That was that was something I heard the other day. And that's something we've heard kind of on and off for a few weeks now. Is it just like we say it's abnormal that the Jalen Brown thing hasn't happened yet? The Damian Lillard thing, I kind of get, but is it weird that the Harden trade still hasn't happened? Yeah, I both of them, right? Both of those are a little weird, especially where I think both had destinations they want to get to, Lillard to Miami, Harden reportedly to the Clippers. So it is a little odd that we haven't gotten there yet, but it's one of those things where both their teams are asking for a lot, right? They're driving hard bargains on what they want in return. And it doesn't seem like they're willing to bend right now. And we'll, we'll see Harden worries me far more than Lillard. I mean, Lillard, sure. this is the first time we're ever going through this. This is the third time we're going through this with Harden. And in the first two times he showed up completely out of shape, did not play well and looked like he didn't really care. So I don't yeah. know if you're Philly. I don't know that you feel like you can roll him out there with the team at the start of the season and be like, all right, we'll figure this out as we go. You, you need, if he's not committed, it's not going to go well. And you're, no. you know, and it's not that it's going to hurt his value. It didn't hurt his value either the first two times, but it could lose you games. And then when you're losing games early, now you put yourself in a position where you got to make up ground and all this other stuff. So, but it's, we're recording this on July 17th. So we'll see, right. It's, Middle of July, these it does feel like we're getting into a new NBA where it used to be summer league ended and it was like, all right, we'll see you in September. Feels like now we've every year we're gonna have a story or two that's gonna kind of linger into the beginning mm-hmm. part of August. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, let me let me ask you this: Who would you rather have, Tyrese Maxey or Tyler Hero? Uh, that's a good question. I, you know, I think, I think probably Tyrese Maxey. Um, yeah. It, it it is close though. Maxie's a. I, he, I just. I feel like he can be a lead guy on an offense. Not that hero can't be. He just feels like a um, more of a number. Two. Yeah, that's tough. Because Maxie doesn't necessarily feel like a number one either. But it, it's but really so really close. Yeah, I'm almost splitting hairs here between the two. My I like. I, I like. Maxi because of his his on ball creation ability for others versus Hero is far more of a score first guy. But it's funny I'm seeing Hero gets mislabeled big time. People think he's just a spot up shooter and those kind of things. He's not. He's really good off the dribble creator of offense. He's just not. He creates offense for himself. But mm-hmm. yeah, and that and that to reference the show you were talking about before. There's nothing to do with one being whiter than the other either. Right. Complete nonsense. That was crazy. That was crazy. But even just going further, you know, into the I just thought it was it was surprising. To, and again, I think you can make an argument for either guy. I thought it was surprising to hear such a, a firm stance that, oh, no, Tyler Hero is, is yeah. clear. That, but I'm like, no, I would take Maxi. I mean, you know, that's I think that he's the I have no problem if someone wanted. 
to make a real argument that he sure. was better, like no issue at all. Like, but make an actual argument, not just, you know, throwing out a declarative statement and then mm -hmm. leaving it there or, or defining it with, you know, nonsense reasons. But, but also these are two teams that are very much unfinished. Miami yeah. didn't do it's much. This, they let Struis go. They let Gabe Vincent go. They clearly are waiting for, uh, they're waiting for Damian Lillard to come in and then Philly, what's going to happen with Harden? What, you know, these are rosters that still have moves to come. And like you said, it's July 17th. So mm -hmm. there's still things that are going to happen here. All right. Which um, is funny. If you just leave the two rosters as they are with like Harden in there with Miami, with all their guys, you can look at it and be like, eh, it's really not so bad. Like yeah. it's, it's not in a bad place, but it just feels like that ship has sailed a little bit there too, because the other thing is, right. We talk a lot about Lillard and Harden and their teams having to trade them. If you're Miami. There's a lot of guys that are sitting there kind of like, am I going to be here? Am I going to yeah. be somewhere else? And it's very easy to say, Hey, just do your work, put in your work. You're, you're a member of the organization, but it's, you know, that could change any, you know, any minute now, you know, there could be a tweet drops that says, you know, these guys are now on a different team. And fortunately, the volume of players that are telling us now they're hearing about these trades through the media first. Mm -hmm. um, I know we both talked to players for, and agents firsthand who are getting their updates through the media than through the teams. That's not great. You know, teams got to yeah. clean that up. You got I get it. Everybody's in a rush to leak stuff out there to the, to the insiders. But clean that up. You know, your players should know first from you and then, you know, give it a minute or two and then put, put it out to the world. Absolutely. Yeah. That is becoming more and more of a thing. Guys are finding out after guys are finding out when they're traded because they see something on Twitter or mm -hmm. family members see something on Twitter and messages them before they hear yeah. from teams. So that's becoming a, a bigger and yeah. bigger thing that okay. we're seeing right now. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about um, let's go to this. So David Griffin has, has put out there that the Pelicans didn't talk Zion Williamson trades. Maybe it's okay. true. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's true. Maybe they really, really didn't. And all the smoke about there being talks about Zion Williamson were just completely wrong. And there were leaks from other teams and, and the Pelicans weren't really. But here's the thing. It doesn't really matter. Because even if the Pelicans... The Pelicans could have been on the verge of trading Zion Williamson, right? They could have been red, their finger over the red button ready to push it. <laughs> and the message today would still be, oh, no, we didn't talk Zion Williamson trade. Because it doesn't help them at all to say, yes, we talked about Zion Williamson trade. The thing that helps them right now is to say, no, we love Zion. We would never trade him, ever. So that is going to be the message, regardless of what the, the truth is. And maybe this is the truth. We don't know. But this is going to be the message no matter what. Yeah, it, I'm with you on that one. I you know, These kind of things kind of, kind of go in one ear and out the other for me a little bit because it's like, okay, sure. Like exactly your I think same opinion you have is like, all right, that's fine. Like I, I guess, you know, that's, if that's what you're saying today, that's, that's good. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I fine. Like he's on the Pelicans. That's, that's the part that matters to me. This was not like the Malcolm Brogdon situation where we actually had reported terms of a trade for all three teams mm -hmm. involved. And then it all fell apart for other reasons. This was just always, yeah, Pelicans have you know reportedly offered Zion Williamson to trade up with, you know, Charlotte or Portland or whoever it was. That's to me a little bit different than, you know, other things because, this could have been as simple as, you know, a team, you know, they might have said, 
hey, we would do you know Zion for three plus LaMelo Ball or Zion for three, or, you know, I guess that was two, uh, three for Damian Lillard and number three, like, right. That I mean, sure. Right. Those are all different sorts of things. And it's like, we always say, and I talked to four or five different people last week out in Las Vegas who were like, yeah, it's hard because, you know, you sometimes know a team team or a reporter or somebody will follow up with you saying, Hey, were you talking trade about, player X it's like, no, they called and said, Hey, what would it take to get them? And we Mm -hmm. said, nothing that you have or way more than you'd be willing to give. And they said, is that where you heard it from? Cause that's, you know, that's how the conversation went. But then that team can say, well, we talked trade about player X. So I don't know, you know, but Zion's back with the Pelicans. I like that Pelicans roster quite a bit, the way it's come together. I think think they have a chance to be a really uh, pretty good team here, you know, over the next uh, little bit. But it's it, they just got to stay healthy, and it's not just Zion, right? You got to keep Brandon Ingram on the core. You got to really, you know, be, be ready yeah. to go. Yeah, they were the one seed in the West at one point, so mm-hmm. we'll see if they can stay healthy this coming season. Uh, we did have a, an actual trade went yeah, down. Cam, actually, a couple of deals. Campaign uh, got traded to the Spurs. Now this was kind of a traded to the like it helps the Spurs backcourt a little bit, but the Spurs also got paid with the second round pick in exchange for taking him on. And in fact, I, I think it was you who put this out there on Twitter, Keith, who said Cameron Payne just so happens to like perfectly fit in the amount of space the Spurs have left. This was like the perfect Tetris move where he fit just <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, the, the Spurs were sitting on about so they so campaign salary is six point five million. The Spurs had $5,713 in cap space left after bringing in campaign. So 5,000, 5,000. I didn't realize it was that. This is that's That's in NBA money. That's Ace Ventura, like a glove. I mean, this is, that's unreal. That's a rounding error basically. Now, anybody wants to write us a check for that amount in a rounding error, uh, you know, let us know, put in the comments, we'll get you an address and you can get it sent off to us or Venmo or Zelle or whatever works for you. (laughs) But yeah, it's, yeah, fits in there perfectly. And, you know, we'll kind of go from there, you know, with this one, Spurs roster, They've got a lot of veteran guys now that they've kind of taken on this year. Uh, we just found out. Sounds like they're going to waive Lamar Stevens, who they uh, mm-hmm. took in from the Cavs and the is the third team in the Max Struess trade. Uh, obviously, Miami did not want to take any salary back in that sign and trade, sending Struess to to the Cavs. So the Spurs held up a hand and said, "Hey, give us a couple picks. We'll take on Jetty Osman and uh, Lamar Stevens. They're going to waive him, but they've still got guys like Reggie Bullock. They've got." Again, Osman, now you've got Payne. Payne, though, can play a real role. They're going to re-sign Trey Jones, and that's only two real point guards on that roster. They've tried to kind of fit a bit of a square peg into a round hole with Malachi Branham playing Mm -hmm. at the the one, Blake Wesley playing at the one. I think Wesley, maybe long-term, maybe could be a point guard, but there's a lot of work to go with those two young guys. That can still come while you kind of keep campaigning around and then figure it out, and that could be always a guy you trade later. Down, yeah. down the line. And for the Suns, he said what he's wondering. Uh, we're going to talk about why they wanted to free up the roster spot, but they, they shaved $6.5 million and roughly $50 million off their tax bill uh, by, by doing this deal with where they're at uh, tax-wise. Which is, I mean, look, we're talking about the Suns. They're just blowing through the super tax and just spend, 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 spend. $50 million is $50 million, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's reality. And so what they're going to do is they're going to move forward reportedly with Bradley Beal as their starting point guard. Yeah. And then I said, rather than have like a true 
point guard. Like this is a, a one and that's the position the guy plays. They've just have a lot of players who can kind of play on or off the ball. And that's, you know, Bradley Beal, Eric Gordon, Devin Booker. Uh, they've got, of course, Kevin Durant can initiate an offense as well. So they've got a lot of these guys that can, that can do that sort of stuff. And that's, that's how they're going to get by. Yeah. We're it, I, I think why this has a chance to work better than some of these superstar pairings is because all of these guys can play off the ball and all of them have done it uh, pretty mm-hmm. extensively. Kevin Durant has played with other guys his entire career, whether it be Russ in the early years or with the Warriors or with the Nets. He's always, not that he's ever been a number two, but he's always played with other guys. And he's, you know, one of the most devastating off ball players there is in the league because of his size and his ability to shoot. Bradley Beal, for the vast majority of his career, played with John Wall. So he was used to playing off another guy. Devin Booker, played off other guys for, you know, at least the last, you know, several years in Phoenix. So I think that's why this has a chance to work a little bit better. The one thing I worry about a little bit though, because all three of those guys, they can pass, they can play make, but they're also scorers first. Mm-hmm. Who's going to make sure DeAndre Eaton gets his touches to stay motivated, involved and engaged. Somebody has to, that, and that's where the lack of a real point guard you may come in. That's where you're probably going to have to see Frank Vogel drop some stuff. I wouldn't be surprised. Remember back when the Thunder, they had, they had KD and they had Russ and they, they went to the finals. They always ran a couple plays at the beginning of each half to get Kendrick Perkins yeah. a touch near the basket. I wouldn't be surprised if Frank Vogel pulls one of those things out. He did that with Roy Hibbert a lot on those Pacers teams where it was, let's make sure we get the big guy a touch, make him feel involved. So it's not just, hey, you get all your points off screen and roll or off of grabbing an offensive rebound. We want to yeah. make sure you're you know, involved in the game. And then then as you know, the, the quarter and half goes along, we'll you know, cycle away from that. But I, I do wonder if that's where that goes. And in a related move, the Suns do land Bull Bull, which is something we talked about a bit last week. We questioned whether or not he was going to be as ready to go as the Suns need him to be. Would he play mistake-free basketball, essentially? And would they give him the leeway to make some mistakes and kind of grow? But nonetheless, this is another big, lanky wing that can that can man a couple of different positions, that can give you some size. <laughs> yeah, he's a very big wing. <laughs> the biggest um, one. But... Um, what do you what do you think ultimately about landing Bull Bull and then having campaign exit? Yeah, I kind of have my doubts. This is going to do a whole lot for them on the court this year, but I think for Bull Bull, this is great. He gets to go against Kevin Durant every day in practice. He gets to go against DeAndre Ayton if they try to play him as like a like a five every day mm-hmm. in practice. So the, these are you know good going to be great reps and minutes for him in that that respect the talent is there with bull bull he's just he's super raw and it's all over the place and we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's, it's unfortunate he played a lot early, put up a bunch of highlights, put up a bunch of numbers for the Magic. Then as the ma- that Magic team last year started to get healthy, they reduced his role, and they started to win games. And that was where it became, hey, we're going to try to be a better team. We don't really have a you know, development role for you anymore to give you 15, 20 minutes a night. Right. And they moved on. He's definitely not going to get that with Phoenix, I wouldn't think. There's enough other guys in front of him. But, hey, if he plays well enough in practice and those things and, you know, they're probably going to have nights where guys sit out and maybe he steps in in those moments and then he could kind of shine and go forward from there. So we'll see. All right. Now the Suns also in a, in a deal with Orlando, they once again traded a first round swap pick swap uh, to the magic and they're getting a few second rounders in exchange. So uh, the Suns who have had no draft capital, they have, they're pretty much, like punting on first round picks, essentially like they're guaranteeing that they're going to have late first, the ones that they do have, the ones that they, yep. the step rule prevented them from trading. Those are almost set down to be very late picks. Um, but they did pick up some second rounders in exchange for making sure that those first round picks that they have aren't particularly valuable. And those second round picks they can use to either act as currency to grease the wheels of a trade or potentially to add in some young players. If they see guys that they like with those second round picks with the, with the former being more likely than the latter. Yeah, and here's how this is going to work as best as I've been able to piece this together. The Magic in 2026 will have the best pick in the first round out of their own pick, Phoenix or Washington. Now mm-hmm. that, that will be what they'll have there. Then the three second-round picks they're giving up, it's a 2024 pick from Denver. The worst pick of Orlando, Milwaukee, and Detroit in 2026. And then in 2028, it's a top 45 protected uh, pick from Boston. So it's it's mm. it, it, that Denver pick this year is likely to be very late. Uh, Orlando, Milwaukee, Detroit, we'll see you know where that lands out a few years from now. And then that 2028 pick, that's, you know, at best, that's going to be the 46th pick. So, yeah, if you're Orlando... We're, we probably don't have enough room roster-wise to use all these picks anyway. Clear them out. Maybe we get a really good first-rounder out of mm-hmm. this you know, deal anyway. So, yeah, well, why not? And this is, like you said, very similar to the deal uh, Phoenix made with Memphis. It's it's very similar type of terms there. Yeah. And for yep. the Suns, if anybody's wondering why, they're doing this so then they have other stuff to trade later. Because right. they literally, after the Bradley Beal trade and the Kevin Durant trades, they had no picks. They had nothing left. Every single one of their draft picks, including swaps and everything else, was owned by somebody else. So there it is. <laughs> they are they are all yeah. in on this. Yeah. They are about as yeah. all in as you can get on a particular roster. This gives them a little bit of flexibility. But even so, here's the other thing though. Who are you attaching these second round picks to? Unless it's <laughs> unless it's DeAndre Ayton, you know, everybody else is a minimum, right? That you're going to potentially do. You're not going to, Bradley Beal's got a no yeah. trade. You're not trading him. Kevin yeah. Durant, you're not trading. Devin Booker, you're not trading. So who are you trading to make something? And I know that you could stack up a couple of salaries and there's some things that could potentially do. Sure. But 
this doesn't suddenly make it like, oh my gosh, endless possibilities for Phoenix. This just kind of <laughs> opens, uh, cracks the door open a little bit for them to do something, but it's yep. still going to be very difficult for them to make moves. I mean, we found out what was the going rate in a Bradley Beal trade was seven second rounders or whatever it was. So now they've got six of them, I guess, if you throw those into a deal with DeAndre Ayton. Something. But that's really all it is. It's, you know, hey, we can sweeten the pot a little bit here in a, in a trade or hey, we really wanted to trade for, you know, player X who's on a minimum deal that we could bring in. Can we can we do that? And something along those lines. So they're they're you want to have you want to have something in, in your you know coffers to offer versus just we open it up and it's like tiny Tim on uh, Christmas Day. And he's like, oh, there's nothing here. OK, cool. Thanks. Well, uh, if it takes five second round picks to get Jay Crowder, that could be uh True. That could, that could be difficult, but we'll see. We'll see ultimately what, what happens here. I wonder with, how many uh, of those teams are like, what were we doing? Like, why? why we, we couldn't have done three? Like, why did we right. have to do 100 second round picks? Like, well, what in the world were we thinking? The market you know, got crazy last year at, yeah, the, at the trade deadline. Really it just it went a little nuts. Uh, let's see. We also have the Dallas Mavericks reportedly still interested in Clint Capella. Are the Hawks still interested in moving him? I, I guess is the question. Are the Hawks still looking to make that kind of a move? And the what would that trade look like? Yeah, and the Mavs, interesting, Capella goes back to ahead of the draft. Uh, Mark Stein reported they get pretty close, but then the Hawks wanted Josh Green mm -hmm. in the trade along with the 10th pick, and that's where the Mavs are like, that's too rich for our blood. And he linked this as, you know, definitely the Mavs still have interest, and he kind of theorized, which would make some sense, the Hawks have also been linked to having interest in Pascal Siakam. And if you do a deal where you're going to trade for Siakam, Capella is probably going to be involved in that. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him to go to uh, Toronto. They've they've just resigned Jakob mm -hmm. Pertle and they've got Routine. other big guys. So yeah, send them off to Dallas, and Dallas sends I don't know Tim Hardaway Jr. and something off to Toronto, and there we are. There, there's your three team trade. So that's and that's all speculation and those kind of things beyond the interest that Dallas has. But that could be the way this goes. The other part of this, as you noted here in the yeah. the banner. JaVale McGee sounds like he's done in, in Dallas uh, through Tim McMahon's uh, podcast. What, what is, Howdy Partners, I think it's called. Yep. Yep. Um, he had a guest on there who is either was a coach with the Mavs or he's McGee skill coach or something. I apologize. I don't remember what it was, but basically said, yeah, he's he's done there. He's either going to be traded or he's going to be waived and stretched by by the Mavs. And, you know, kind of I guess it makes sense. I I, I don't. There, there's no room left for him on that roster. Signed a three-year deal last year. He's got about $12 million left. But if you were to wave and stretch him, again, two years left on the deal, so you're looking at wave and stretching it over five because it's double the length plus one. So, I mean, that's not like a huge hit, especially with the cap going up. Yeah. If the Mavs really decide, you know what, this isn't working, we don't have room, that's not like a prohib prohibitive about a, amount of money to have just sitting dead on your books when we're talking about, you know, just over $2 bucks that okay you can you can yep. deal with that yeah and, and because in case anybody's like wait why you know why would they just get rid of them well one why'd you give them the contract in the first place that's the, the better question but why they would get rid of them they re-signed dwight powell to a three-year deal four million a year they traded for rashawn holmes people mm -hmm. i know a couple people who forgot about that and they were like oh yeah that did happen huh and yep. then they drafted Derek lively so so you're you're pretty well set at the center position you don't need javel mcgee and this is just goes back to sometimes it's just it's better to just move on than sign yeah. a guy like just sign another guy to a minimum deal and keep things going that way. That's where I think some of the best teams 
do their best roster building. Is JaVale McGee for five to six million dollars going to kill you? No, it's never going to kill you. But it's like, just keep moving. Like I think Miami, right, this summer, signed Thomas Bryant to a minimum deal, re-signed Orlando Robinson to a minimum deal. Those are better to me than give a chunk of, yeah, yeah, great summer league for Robinson, absolutely. Um, Those are better deals to me than giving a chunk of a mid-level exception to a guy like JaVale McGee, which it make a lot of sense at the time, made even less sense, you know, later as, as it played yeah. out. Yep. So he may be, uh, be waived and we'll see what ultimately happens there. Or he could be added into a trade. If we, if we're yeah. talking about this Capella deal, maybe he yeah. winds up being uh, a salary match for somebody or, or something like that. And we'll see uh, I mean, how that ultimately plays out. All Detroit, right? Troy Weaver could always go with another big uh, center. <laughs> Right, he loves them. Could they, could they start just a a five center starting lineup? Just throw them all out there on the floor and see what happens. Wayne Edmonds a free agent, but I don't know if they can resign him. I think they still have a stretch contract on the books, so oh, that's okay. a whole other rule. But yeah, we'll see. Just just put five centers on the floor and then go old school. Do the do the Mighty Ducks flying V, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and just power through everybody. That that's it. That would definitely work. Here it is. Might have a couple uh, 24 second violations or eight, eight second it violations getting up the court. But, but you throw it up high, right? Just throw, throw there it. There you go. Only they can go get it. Yeah, there it is. Just, just play like the coach that, that has like sixth graders on his team, you know, just holding <laughs> yep. the ball up. That's all you yep. got to do. All you those sixth do. graders are big and then they're stuffing your shot back in your face. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think this, I believe this is the last thing we've got for today. Darius Baisley winds up with the Nets. He's an, an interesting talent. And uh, and I was surprised he wound up on the market like this, but uh, but a good signing for the Nets. Uh, Edmund Sumner waived. Are the Nets maybe getting a little too crowded on the wings at this point? Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit. I think Baisley's just a, hey, let's see, right? Let's sh- shot in the dark. Well, we'll see if it comes together here with us. He's a guy who played well early in his career. But then late in his career, it wasn't so so hot. So so we'll see. I just again did the Atlantic Division offseason recap. Mm-hmm. The Nets are in pretty good shape uh, long term. They've got a lot of money coming off their books after this season. They they've really their only significant long term money is in Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, and they're both on very good uh, value contracts. So they're 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 in you know pr- pretty good shape moving forward, which is kind of funny considering you know they were one of the you know evils of the league that started this whole we could have a hard cap and we could have an upper spending limit and all this stuff right because it was it was them and the clippers what they were uh you know what the clippers had become and what the nets you know were in theory you know threatening to become as a team and now all of a sudden the nets have fully reset and gone in a different direction yeah uh we've we've got Woj retweeting adam schefter ah, nfl news now that. it's cares? just to mess with us at this point Woj, come on <laughs> yeah stop, knock that off Oh, do we want to do, uh, and then Edmund Sumner. I mean, the big takeaway is Edmund Sumner made it all the way back from a torn Achilles, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. He was actually okay for, for the nets. My guess is he'll either get a camp deal and a real shot to play his play, play his way onto a roster, uh, which we saw last year. I think it was seven guys went from camp deals into standard deals, which is like unheard of. That never Mm -hmm. happens. I think we're going to see more of those types of things where teams go in, 
Roster's a little less settled. Uh, right now, you might see more guys on camp deals, and then they kind of parlay those. Because when Dwight Howard did it with the Lakers a few years ago, it was like yeah. the first one we had seen in years. And I think last year, I want to say it was like seven of them that happened. So so that may be, be a thing we start seeing happen. But my guess is that what, that's where this goes. Or he'll end up in the G League and then probably as a call-up uh, later. So you know, good for him that he made it back. But just get caught up in a numbers game you know, on the Nets there. So Yeah. Do you want to do some of these summer league awards real quick? Yeah, let, let's talk about that because so Kim Whitmore gets the summer league MVP. Yeah. And there are fans of, well, I would guess anybody from pick like five <laughs> on that are losing their minds right now because so many fans were saying four because the Rockets had pick five. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly. That's why I'm saying from, 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 from like the cutoff is like five, yeah. right? And the, yeah. everybody, so for, I guess from six on is the way to say sure. it. With fans who were saying, pick Cam Whitmore, and now he's the Summer League MVP. And uh, based on what I'm seeing on social media, everyone is handling it very, very well. Oh, of course. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> That's generally how these things are handled is, you know, how did we pass on this guy or not trade up to get this guy or yep. or whatever? Yeah, I mean, he had an outstanding Summer League, looked good with kind of everything we thought he was, right? Powerful player, very super-duper athletic. He's a fun guy to throw into that mix there in – in Houston, the Rockets uh, also represented with uh, um, Jabari Smith Jr. was on the second team. Yep. Would have been a lock he for was the great. first team, just didn't play enough. Yep. Right. He, he, he ended up saying, all right, he's too good for this. Let's sit, sit him out. Uh, for, so let's go through first team, uh, all Las Vegas Summer League, Orlando Robinson uh, of the Miami Heat, outstanding Summer League. My mm -hmm. guess is he plays over Thomas Bryant by the time yes. he gets to like Christmas, he'll, he'll be the Heat's uh, or, primary backup center. And I like favorite. Thomas Bryant too. Uh, Hunter yeah, Tyson too. of the Nuggets um, was the other front court guy along with Whitmore. Backcourt, Keontae George of the Jazz. He really looked good. Did, did you see the whole thing with him with his phone lock screen? Uh -uh. Did you see this? So he had his, uh, he let reporters take pictures of his lock screen on his phone and it's all, um, it's, it's, it's a draft profile and it's all his weaknesses, you know, that somebody wrote what oh. his weaknesses are. So he's like, this is my reminder like every day of that. So yeah, I think that's kind of cool. And then, uh, Sam Merrill, who I believe broke the summer league single game uh, record with, I think it was either eight or nine threes in a single summer league game for the Cavs. He's a rostered guy. Uh, with Cleveland. Then we get into the second team, your guy, Max Christie there, mm -hmm. very well earned, looked great. You know, yep. played, played didn't really, didn't really play well. enough games, I think, to get first team in, but he was fantastic. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened with him. Uh, the other two guys, two non-roster players, uh, Javon Freeman-Liberty of the Bulls and Xavier Moon of the Clippers. So these guys who have been camp guys, Moon's been with the Clippers on some 10 days and a two-way contract. But those are two guys that are free agents that are looking. So that's always fun when guys like that kind of break through and really show out. Then mm -hmm. uh, Jabari Smith Jr., as I mentioned, Jalen Wilson, two-way player with the Brooklyn Nets, and Amani Bates, two-way player with the Cavs. I've already had several people tell me in the league they think he's going to be off that two-way fairly early this season and into a standard deal they think the Cavs will kind of pull the Austin Reeves type of deal of mm. all right this is guys too good we got to get him off this two-way and get him onto a standard contract the Cavs also they used they did something kind of weird which I'm going to do the Brian Windhorst now why would they do that <laughs> uh here um they they could have signed Ty Jerome out of their um their mid-level exception, their non-taxpayer mid-level, they had enough of it left to do that. 
but they took Ty Jerome's contract out of the biannual exception, which they were already going to be hard capped because they had signed George Niang with most of the uh, non-taxpayer mid-level. But what the Cavs did, which then becomes really interesting, is they left enough open of the non-taxpayer where they could give a four-year deal to Imani Bates if mm. they wanted to convert him. Or you know, Isaiah Mobley was a two-way guy uh, with them if they wanted to go that route. Or uh, their other two-way guys, Craig Porter Jr., any one of those guys. But my guess is they might be thinking, we might need to be able to give Imani Bates uh, a deal here because second-round pick exception no longer applies once you've already signed your first contract. As far as we understand it, he would not be able to then sign the second round pick exception deal. So he's already under contract on a two way. They could carve out a deal for him out of the out of the non taxpayer. So I'm obviously reading some tea leaves that may not come into play for several months from now, likely until we're in calendar year 2024. But just something to keep an eye on for down the line. All right. All right. You know, if uh, anybody made it this late into the show, they can say, Hey, I remember when you said that back in the middle of July and that's right. 45, 50 minutes into a show. This is definitely (laughs) going to be bookmarked and people will remember this moment for uh, for all time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) Um, all right. So Imani Bates was a guy who slipped quite a bit in the draft and um, well slipped from kind of the early buzz around him, but maybe he's, he's proven that some of the buzz, that he had at one point was uh, was worth it was was real and kind of we'll see what he does with it from here but has looked good mm-hmm. in summer league in fact what it's Cavs and Rockets uh, in, in the summer league championship so yeah, we'll yeah. get a chance to see these guys again two teams that were really a lot of the guys are now not playing anymore but yeah. had been kind of loaded with you know real NBA talent level guys I mean part of that with the Rockets was having a million draft picks over the last few years they had a lot of guys uh, to put on the summer league team so yeah but. Guys, if you like, you know, uh, NBA level basketball, professional men's basketball, this is it for for a little bit tonight, uh, Cavs and Rockets. And then then we got the World Cup coming up, but that's, you know, that's different. That's not professional, right? They're all playing only strictly for the love of country and no other reason at all uh, to play in, you know, the World Cup. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, that'll be fun too. And we'll obviously- It's going to be a blast. Yeah, when it starts in the end, towards the end of August, a month from now, but- yeah. So mm-hmm. let's see if we can get a couple of these trades in before I go on vacation. That would be nice. That would be nice. That would be nice. And then we're going to get, I mean, we've got almost three months till like preseason starts up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two, two, two two and a half till two and a half. So, two and a half. Yeah. We'll take it. Well, we'll, we'll figure something I, out. I, I could do with a month. I could do with a month. And then I, and then I start getting antsy. Then I yep. start getting antsy. But, but yeah. the front office. I can only watch so many episodes of Below Deck at night before I'm like, right, is, there is a that why you're going on a cruise? Uh, it's not why we're going on a cruise, but it's definitely going to be high on the list of uh, trash TV. I've, I've finished out some good TV shows. Now I'm ready for mindless trash TV that I absolutely love. So, yes, All I'm right. a garbage person. Thanks. No one needs to tell me. I already know. <laughs> now we have a we have a DVR full of uh, episodes of The Bachelorette there and. You go. Uh, 90 day fiance and stuff like oh, that. We still yeah, I can't do that one. There's too much yeah. yelling in that one. For there me. is. There's, it's yeah. they're all ridiculous, but you know, <laughs> I, I poke fun at them. My wife gets mad at me for making fun of everybody. And that's, and that's how that goes. But below deck it filmed so perfectly in that they leave every episode somehow on a ridiculous cliffhanger. Like, Oh my God, that person fell overboard at night. And then you're like, well, I can't shut it off. 
And then somehow the next episode starts and it's like 20 minutes in before they actually get to that thing that happened. And then you're like, oh man, well now I'm into this one. And then the next thing you know, it's two 30 in the morning and you've watched like seven straight episodes and you're like, I wanted to go to bed hours ago. What am I doing? <laughs> like what has happened? I need yeah. to prioritize sleep. Yeah. So you have to be strong. You got to cut it off. You got to be like, gotta find I'll a way. deal with that cliffhanger tomorrow. That's yep. enough. Yep. Yep. Stay strong. Willpower. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap things up there, but I thank you everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA front office show over on the YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Hit that like button. And then of course, over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you follow the feed there till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.